0: Hope will drive you mad. All right, give me a countdown, shark.
1: And I have one more big slurp of soup, and then I'm done. Okay, uh, vamp,
0: vamp, 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 vamp. We're vamping up a storm. We're vampin' up, vamping up a storm. Storm is vamping. A storm is coming, and we're drowning in the vamp. In the vamp. I'm trying to fucking
1: eat. <laughs> 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 All right, <laughs> three, two, one.
0: Hello and welcome to Two Clicks and a Snap, a lock picking podcast. We're here to tell you to get how to get into any door lock in the country, guaranteed. And tonight we're lucky to be joined by Daniel Griggs, a man who's been certified to have never been locked out of his car, house, <laughs> or apartment. Daniel, what's the most challenging lock you've ever beaten?
2: Ah, uh, um uh my own apartments it was so challenging i had to wait for my wife to get home to unlock the door
0: and that is a very valid lock-picking strategy not a lot of people will tell you that but these are the 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 we're not the lock-picking podcast that was a lie ever since we made that
1: episode about how to get into nancy pelosi's home we've decided to pivot
0: <laughs> yeah uh it turns out that uh you know we had to put that one in the vault but it escaped again somehow so uh, well, i don't and not full- e- ews don't use it because sometimes it lets your archived episodes just out into the wild and uh well so, yeah. full,
2: full disclosure i do have my keys attached to my person okay. i have i have actually pierced my skin with the uh the key ring Now, for
0: no context, listeners, uh, we took a little break in between (laughs) the the first episode and this one. And uh, well, you know, there you go. I think that gives you all the context you need for that. We're not the lockpicking contest podcast, not a contest either. We're a podcast called The Right Can't Read. And we talk about how the right looks at a thing and says, we want that. And then (laughs) they shouldn't. (laughs) So
1: that was our best (laughs) summary yet. (laughs)
0: Thank you. Tonight's episode is brought to you by exhaustion and a feeling of malaise. So last time we talked a little bit about the time, about who the Vikings were, uh, what they believed and how we know that we, we, we looked at archaeology. We, we, we talked a lot about books and shit. Um, And we left off at a point where it was pretty clear that at best our knowledge of their beliefs is sketchy. Uh, we know that they had a mythology. There's a cosm cosmology involved, and all that kind of stuff. We know that they interacted with a wide range of other cultures, and in a lot of cases, you know, intermarried. They adopted a- individuals of other cultures into their into their social groups, and that they uh, believed in an afterlife. We know that our current records of their beliefs are at best secondhand, coming from in many cases Christian authors who were doing their own thing with the beliefs that they were writing about. And earlier from Roman sources who uh well they were Romans. So anyone who was not them uh was uh, you know should have been Roman and they they made it clear that that's what they believed. <laughs> uh so we also knew now now no now no now 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 no <laughs> that today's modern heathens are dealing with uh Nazis and their mists if you recall the new york times journalist uh, very i'm sure well-read individual who wandered into a modern pagan group and said are you nazis <laughs> um so you know they aside from those icelandic folks um today you have groups like the asatru folk assembly who are bringing in nazi vibes into uh into paganry so you know that was all our, our kind of context setting so to so this this episode we're going to be uh, talking about, you know, those reprobates, the drogger. <laughs> but first, we have to talk about Bugs Bunny. See, when I grew up, fame Nazi, fame Nazi, Bugs Bunny.
1: Yeah,
0: um, I, like a lot of American kids, was glued to the TV. And unlike kids these days who lack the gumption that my generation has, the willingness to go above and beyond what's asked of them and who are, without an exception, lazy and worthless. Unlike them, I watched a lot of Looney Tunes. One of the things that sticks in my memory from my long history of watching that show is, of course, Elmer Fudd's Wagner spiel. He tries to kill bugs while singing Kill the Rabbit, to the tune of Ride the Valkyries.
1: One, one of the those. best
2: episodes ever.
0: It is. Mm-hmm. It is, in fact, a cultural touchpoint that happens so often with Looney Tunes that, if you're anything like me, set you up for being asked stuff throughout your life. Like, how did you know about all of this old stuff? And when you're asked this, you, like me, can look whimsically into the distance and say, well, I guess I just have a curious mind. When <laughs> really the answer is that you just watch a lot of very old cartoons.
2: Ra- Rabbit of Seville, second favorite.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and they're like this is also <laughs> the only reason I know um who Peter Laurie is for a, for a long time before I watched any, any of his movies cuz Looney Tunes had a lot of episodes where Peter Laurie was a character for some reason. And <laughs> I don't know. Cuz he he was very he, he looked very distinct look with the eyes. So the drawback about this sort of knowledge, this this eldritch knowledge is that you know who Richard Wagner was. And your life is irreparably broken as a result of that. And you know, before we go further, I want to ask the two of you. And this has come up in in, in previous podcast episodes, so Shark is kind of a cheat. But do you know who who <laughs> Wagner was? I do. Richard I do. Wagner. <laughs> Actually, uh,
2: I, I more know Wagner in the context of um, of Nietzsche, but. Um, yes yes uh wagner uh you know wrote his famous uh ring opera and, that's and lord uh, of the
0: rings right about lord of, it's about lord of the rings yeah. and uh specifically yeah, the power
1: tv show <laughs>
0: yeah yeah yes, it's a yes. adaptation of amazon's ring of power tv show <laughs> yeah. this episode yes. brought yes. to you by amazon's
2: <laughs>
0: legally they have to pay us <laughs>
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah he partnered with Neil Gaiman it was a weird thing um, <laughs> do you no, want to see uh, a
1: guy who looks a lot like a less hot Viggo Mortensen Amazon <laughs> the Rings of Power <laughs> <laughs> uh but
3: yes
2: he uh he, he wrote his uh his ring opera that was a a massive Germanic
0: hit <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> the
3: sentence That's on
0: on the box for every like collection. A massive massive. Mm (laughs) mannequin. So, what do you think of Wagner?
1: I think he the best song he's involved in was written by (laughs) Chumbawamba.
0: Wait, which one?
1: Chewbacca has a song called "A Wagner at the Opera," where they talk uh, about how they <laughs> got forcibly ejected from the opera because the opera <laughs> was playing Wagner.
0: <laughs> oh, I don't, I don't know that one. That's it's good.
1: Great. The last stanza is of it is, um, "For everyone we lost, I swing the rattle loud and long. I swing it till I drown. All the music and the songs. This tattoo will last forever, and my memory is long." <laughs> there nice. so <laughs> yeah
2: just a just a cool. quick side <laughs> note on them on on a, i believe it's chumbawamba they actually started in like the what 80s or something like that as like a pretty proto-punk band yeah uh and then they they oh you told me this aaron you're the yeah. one who shared this with me yeah yeah i, uh, yeah, I don't know if you guys talked about a this a heavy previous episode anarchist
0: then. band uh yeah it
2: was very very yeah. very unsettling to learn all of that, and not in a bad way, just no. in, a, in an unsettling way.
0: Um, <laughs> cool people who did cool things has a couple of good episodes about Chumbawamba. This uh, is your... with with the dude from Eve Six. That's so weird. Chubba,
1: everyone has one thing they scream about when super drunk, and mine is Chumbawamba.
0: <laughs> mine is I don't know. I I got a I got a few mine is <laughs> Wagner yes. it's, it's I, the last the last time I got super drunk with people it was about um yeah now it was Jews assimilating and just dis- willfully destroying our own culture so that was a weird <laughs> night <laughs> that was a weird night I think Wagner uh, would had something to contribute to that one <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's I, I blame the Duolingo owl in in the Yiddish course for that one because I'm like, why don't I know any of this? Why did my family willfully forget this? Which I don't know. Uh, anyway, um, listen to Chebawamba Listen Over. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Goodbye. Thanks, and good night. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that uh, Daniel. How about you? What do you think of Wagner? Well, yeah. So
2: I at one point I realized that all I knew I'd known of Wagner was, again, through either Nietzsche or through Bugs Bunny. And I decided to put on uh, his ring opera uh, one time when Deborah and I were studying for school and I my wife, Deborah. And so I put it on the the main speakers. It's like 18 hours or something like that of, of music and it's beautiful i mean it's absolutely gorgeous music um and i kind of let it play and then i don't know maybe by by hour two uh deborah was like turn this off <laughs> <laughs> and and i agreed 100 and not because it wasn't beautiful it was just there was a there was a, an uh, unsettling air that was not uh conducive <laughs> to focus <laughs>
3: uh
2: to focus on other things um no it is uh, so so i the, about my knowledge of, of wagner in the sense of uh uh, uh com- composition of uh, of his uh, you know composership uh it seems pretty good i think he's a good musician or a, you know a good uh, heady as far as the writers uh, go of, of music <laughs> right. but uh as as a person um Nietzsche's criticism of Wagner um, makes me not like Wagner, we're
1: which talk is about that a bit.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, um,
1: fun fact about Nietzsche and Wagner if you just say the words Apollonian and Dionysian enough, just in a perfect <laughs> circle, you'll sound really smart. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone will leave you alone at the bar. Yeah. Also, also I recommend experience.
2: I recommend uh, Percival to everyone. I I do not. I, I kid.
0: I'm I kidding. Uh, kidding. i kidding. All right. It good. is yes. There, Vonder has a couple of good pit good bits. Uh, the drinking song and and Flying Dutchman is good. And then some of his overtures are good. Everything else I find very boring. And I really like Mahler. So that's where Mahler. I stand. Mahler. <laughs> So that's just the music, though. Uh, I got problems with Wagner, which may be surprising to hear. (laughs) Uh, In many ways, Wagner was the popularizer of a lot of very strange occultists and esotericists in 19th century Germany. Now, I want to make it very clear that Wagner was not the originator of a lot of what we're going to be talking about. But he did have a lot of strange ideas, one of which was that he was the reincarnation of Beethoven. <laughs> and uh that that's like a weird little third through fair for a lot of compo- for some composers uh he viewed himself as a reincarnation of beethoven Mahler viewed himself as a reincarnation of wagner which was strange as, I'm pretty sure
1: beethoven would have hated both of those fucking guys
0: probably <laughs> uh and then bernstein or bernstein viewed himself as a reincarnation of Mahler. so thus leonard bernstein and beethoven are the same person
1: I love Beethoven's
0: yes. musicals. <laughs> <laughs> Beethoven's West Side Story is just yeah, phenomenal. very... Phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, a host of other strange ideas of Wagner's, not not Bernstein's, uh, are tied to Volkish ideas from the time period. Sadly, these still hang around today. Uh, do you can, can, can one of you give the class a, a quick definition of what Volkish means? And we're going to go into it a little more, but I want to see if you uh, if you got some got some thoughts.
1: My uh, my knowledge of Volkish comes from a little later period. <laughs> <laughs> Volk <laughs> translates just to folk, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, and you know, it's got the this people
0: weird, or folk.
1: Yeah, it's got this weird like connotation of like. I don't know. Once you get into the forties, it's not a great word. Well, it's not uh, a that's... great word
0: at this point either. Um, so, at least part of this whole Volkish theory is uh, a singular, superior, yet always endangered throughout the the history of this term, Nordic Germanic race, and yeah. uh, it 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 ties into efforts of around this time with Bismarck and everyone else to create a unified Germany from the various city-states and regions that formerly made up the German Confederation and the Holy Roman Empire before that. Um, because, you know, as 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 you may know from other more serious sources, when you're trying to form a country, you need a mythology. And for some Germans in the 19th century, this meant the Volkish movement. So here we're going to be relying on a paper I found online called No Nazis in Valhalla. Understanding the Use and Misuse of Nordic Cultural Markers in Third Reich-era Germany. And this was written by Lena Neiswander of Bowling Green University. And one thing before we get into that in detail is, unsurprisingly, during this period, uh, and now, as it turns out, uh, eugenics were all the rage. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, they formed a, the backbone for a lot of these thoughts. So that means you're going to be hearing about them in 2024 when all of the uh, really, really fun DeSantis rhetoric really comes out for his so, inevitable uh, presidential run. <laughs> oh, my fucking God. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, as for the kind of uh, groundwork here, it was not enough to have a national identity, you needed to have a blood identity for, for yeah. these
3: people.
2: Ethno-nationalist, for ethno-nationalist, sure. yeah, uh,
0: or a, you know, the, you could also argue this like less, less scarily as just a tribe sort of thing. Nice Nicewander points out in her uh, in her paper that the term Volk, as Shark was saying, literally just means people or folk, and this kind of became the placeholder for tribe. To grow that sense of tribalism and national myth, Nicewander notes that the Volkish groups did this in part by defining the German religion and spirituality as an innate racial inheritance that was a living counterpart of the homeland—one's blood, feeling, and thinking. Specifically,
1: like a blood in the soil, like a like a dirt. und we'll, we'll workshop it. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure there's a und Erd. Stahl
2: und Soil. <laughs> It's like blood and dirt,
0: or, yeah, 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 yeah. That's (laughs) a fun story! Uh, (laughs) Specifically, the Germans linked German-ness to Vikings as an ideal of what a human should be. It only followed that by establishing a blood myth, the Volkish movements needed to establish an other. From Nice Wander's paper. Nordicism was to be seen as an organic extension of the growing vision of Aryan superiority in the new Germany, but it might have had more sway in the development of ideas seen in the Third Reich than one might would expect. Uh, It was stated, such Volkish movements positioned the Aryan race as locked in an epic struggle with non-Germans and Semites who were forcing the nation away from its true Nordic natural roots – Only a regeneration of the German nation would offer possible salvation and an eventual future utopia. By pushing an us-versus-them mentality, especially one so steeped in Nordic background, Volkish movements were able to leverage this constructed division between prescribed races in order to, as Lawrence Birkin said, direct racism against other Europeans as a means of uniting the German people. Um, So, you know, we're going to be going into this more, uh, and as we go into it, i want you to hold it close to your heart as if you are frodo cradling <laughs> the one ring to mordor because it's going to keep popping up in this episode and then you're going to chuck it into mount doom yes. uh <laughs> quoting this dynamic of race-based conflict leans largely into the idea of heron uh, a concept which suggests the nordic people are supposedly descended from the proto-aryans and are thus considered to be racially pure This origin story places mythic levels of value on Nordic peoples and their genetics, and thus the stereotypical Nordic imagery of what people should look like, heavily influenced by uh, the tall, strong, blonde Vikings of medieval times, was often circulated to exemplify who was Aryan and who was not. A 1933 scientific journal entry in Scientific American, ...describes the Nordic Aryans of Europe as having long, high heads, tall bodies, blue or gray eyes, and light-colored hair. This sort of concrete prescription of what Nordic Aryans would look like allows for easily identifiable traits to be distributed as a clear idea of what the master race, Rasa, should look like. There is no room for interpretation in the Nordic ideal for appearance. Along with the heightened importance of a so-called Nordic appearance... Uh, The historical success and accomplishments of the Nordic people were also brought into conversation as a means of supporting the notion of Nordic superiority. But wait, you may be saying, how does this tie into Wagner? Can't you separate the art from the artist? (laughs) No, no. Such a thing is only possible in the dregs of pop music (laughs) and commercial jingles, you fool. (laughs) Wagner is very 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 much tied to the volkish movement and wrote his music to lend popular civic ties to what might have been otherwise just an intellectual pursuit make no mistake Wagner was wildly popular in his day and afterwards his ring cycle was it was monumental uh, his non-operatic pieces became cultural touchpoints, and more importantly, his ideas about Germanness were wild are widely shared. It's not like we're trying, you know, tying red yarn to a corkboard here. This isn't Charlie Kelly. <laughs> uh, Wagner's contemporaries knew he was tied to the Volkish movement. Uh, friend of the pod, kind of. Yeah, sure. Nietzsche. <laughs> wrote at least two essays on on Wagner, <laughs> Nietzsche contra Wagner, and the case of Wagner,
2: which are brutal uh, uh, excoriations on Wagner. It's a, it's pretty fantastic.
0: So I'm going to give you a quote from <laughs> Wander and then I want your 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 uh, your read on this. Uh, so from from her paper, indeed, the bulk of Nietzsche's writings on Wagner suggests a sort of disappointment than the lifestyle changes the latter had begun to make regarding political rhetoric and ideology. Which suggests a certain a sort of radicalization, which sees numerous echoes throughout the history of Nazi utilization of the same Norse imagery and mythology on which Wagner fixated. So that's that's the compressed version. What do you tell us about Nietzsche and Wagner, Daniel?
2: So uh, they they were friends. They were uh, were they, they friends you know,
0: they were... or were they frenemies?
2: uh initially friends eventually frenemies and then you know uh not rivals but uh there was animosity abounding um with the with his with wagner's uh ring opera he you know so let me can i read a quote from nietzsche as well here i I feel like if i say
0: no you will revolt
2: (laughs) (laughs) no it's uh so on the genealogy of morals uh Nietzsche says, at the center of all these noble races, we cannot fail to see the blonde beast of prey, the magnificent blonde beast, avidly prowling round for spoil and victory. This hidden center needs release from time to time. The beast must out again and return to the wild. Roman, Arabian, Germanic, Japanese nobility, Homeric heroes, Scandinavian Vikings. In this requirement, they are all alike. It was the noble races which left the concept of barbarian in their traces wherever they went. Even their highest culture betrays the fact they were conscious of this and indeed proud of it. So what Nietzsche is driving at there is, is essentially he uh, an idealization of the the kind of barbarian, you know, in the moment, you know, it's like uh, it's it's all about victory and spoils and and the weak should be crushed. Uh, and Wagner's ring was 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 beautiful. It, it epitomized that for Nietzsche. Um, then uh, Wagner wrote Percival and uh, performed that. And I personally haven't haven't studied too much on Percival, but apparently, it's Christian overtones and this and that were an affront to Nietzsche's uh, <laughs> sensibilities, and he absolutely detested it. thought Thought Wagner was, uh, you know, lowering himself to to this this Christian base morality, and uh, and absolutely detested him after that, and, and their relationship broke off. Um, and which is why he wrote those uh, those two uh, pieces that you mentioned earlier. Yeah. So Nietzsche, you know, idealized this this you know simplistic barbarian kind of uh, you know Ubermensch, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> and and so did Wagner at first in his, but Wagner was was way more of a, a, a in a sense a pop star in that sense, and so he wrote popular pieces and uh, and his. His ideology was not that of Nietzsche's. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 So what who would who would have had the most fierce TikToks about each other? (laughs) Nietzsche would have been
1: fucking incredible on the internet.
0: (laughs) Nietzsche would have burned everything
2: down. It would have been uh it would have been pretty wild. (laughs)
1: If Nietzsche had lived today, he would have been drill, is my most firmly held belief. Like, he just didn't have the methodology to, like, become what he needed to. <laughs>
0: So did you buy Drill's book, and do you have just, like, underlined passages and, like, notes? Cross-reference, Nietzsche.
1: It is not a worse book than Genealogy of Morals, I'm sure. I'm sure there's as much contained in Drill tweets.
0: Friend of the pod, Drill.
1: Yeah.
0: Friend of the pod
1: slowly dying of <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah, I, yeah, we're we're getting we're getting close back to lead lead poisoning in the states. That's not <laughs> as fun. <sighs> yeah. There's um. All right. So uh, Wagner's reputation continued long after his death. We kind of went over it. Uh, Jewish composers like Gustav Mahler were huge fans of his for some fucking reason. I don't get it. I I go on record again. Wagner is garbage. Rossini knew that. Here are a couple of fun quotes from Rossini
2: <laughs> about Wagner. One, Larry David knew that.
0: <laughs> Larry David. No, Larry David likes Wagner. The, the character in that episode does not. Yeah, like yeah.
1: Um, That's why he fucking did a crypto commercial. God, I forgot about Jesus that.
0: Christ. Yeah. We're not going to talk about that though. We're <laughs> going to talk about these Rossini quotes, which are a lot of fun. <laughs> Wagner is a composer who has beautiful moments but awful quarter hours. Another <laughs> another line. One can't judge what Wagner's opera Lonegrin after a first hearing, and I certainly don't intend to hear it a second time. <laughs> <laughs> you should be more like Rossini. Don't listen to Wagner
2: i will say and, and this is not in wagner's defense because somebody else would have done it if if he hadn't yeah. but the uh le motif uh you know sure darth vader's theme would yeah. not exist without uh without wagner so there, i mean that's not a defense <clears throat> of him again somebody else would have done it yeah it's a, it's a low-hanging fruit it was actually uh uh i think more obvious than uh than people give credit for wagner. yeah
0: i mean i think you you could can... I, yeah, I, you mean you just said it. Other people would have done it. Like you yeah. have, you had elements of that in opera already. Like yes. Beethoven's Fidelio yeah. has, like, basically, you know, um Fidelio's theme that pops up whenever the character is yes. doing something on yes. stage. Um Anyway, so, you know, it, it, sad, I, I would keep going. Sadly, this is not a classical music podcast. <laughs> One day it will be. <laughs> One day it will be. But we had to come to this point. We had to come to the point despite my best attempts, to where we talk about the Nazis and their awful views on culture. We're not going to go too much into it because we've already got more than enough sewage to wade wade through. But to suffice it to say, the Nazis wanted a pure Germanic culture and determined that anything that didn't fit that mold was Jewish-influenced. This ran the gamut from the sciences to music, and it should be no surprise that Wagner was the guy they turned to as an exemplar of what they wanted. In his time, he'd written screeds decrying Jews, both assimilated and non-assimilated. Wagner claimed that Jews could not create anything original and instead simply parroted everything around them. He ruined the careers of Jewish composers, artists, and poets. And perhaps most damning, he played the "I'm not anti-Semitic, my friend is a Jew" card with Hess as his token. <laughs> is it thus? Fun well, fact:
1: Don't be that friend.
0: <laughs> Don't be that friend. If you if you ever say I'm not blank, my friend is blank. Just just don't do that. I can leave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't do that. Reflect on your life choices, but don't say that.
2: I've uh recently. This is a little sidetracked, but I've did you do that? Did you into... say I'm not no no no, I'm no, no, no 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 no. No, I was uh, I was I was listening to some stuff on uh, Hannah Arendt and her relationship with Heidegger, and yeah. I was like, what the fuck. <laughs> like- ah come on he's a nazi you know yeah. he's a nazi everyone knows he's a nazi yep. and then they buried that shit into like the 70s or 80s like that that yeah, yeah. it was a a rent is complicated yeah. complicated yeah
1: i like have you read has, have either of you read eichmann in jerusalem yeah it's i like,
2: am listening to a podcast
0: literally on that one yes. of yeah.
1: the strangest books i've ever read strongly yeah. right yeah.
0: yeah i like it a lot they they yeah. i think she tries to remain objective about eichmann but there are a couple of moments where, like, <laughs> you just see her her editorializing in the text, but not but not mm. with words. She'll just do parentheses, <laughs> exclamation points, into parentheses <laughs> after something like Eichmann says, "Like, I didn't really believe in this. I just had to do it, and I was actually doing them a favor by killing them quickly." Jesus. I gotta
1: believe that, like, Eichmann in Jerusalem is where, like, a lot of that Hannibal Lecter shit was pulled from. He's
3: just, like, <laughs> yeah, a, right?
1: I, th- he's yeah. Like, I, I just, like, see him as Anthony Hopkins for that whole Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I'm sure
1: Anthony Hopkins did something to deserve to be cast as Adolf Eich- as, uh, Eichmann as <laughs> Eichmann.
0: <laughs> Probably.
1: He's got a sir in his name. He knows what he did.
0: He knows what he did. <laughs> yeah. Um, so throughout all of like the Nazis' fixations on culture, uh, you've got the poor Vikings. The Norse culture, which we've seen to be inclusive for its time, wide-ranging and open to new ideas, again, for its time, has been pigeonholed as the apotheosis of humanity by a bunch of psychotic Germans who felt the need to claim it as their own. The Eddas were re- repurposed into Wagner's horrible ring cycle. Long, self-aggrandizing poems by hacks and gaudy art in the volkish push to define a culture for germany cultural titans like wagner turned the vikings from explorers merchants warriors and sailors into ravening hordes of proto-nazis picking right up from that came the nazis who turned runes into symbols that still can't be seen without evoking images of death and ruin their use of Wagner has led to such stigma that there have that there are regular protests in Israel whenever the music is performed. They turned the image of a Viking into what they saw as the ideal blonde-haired, blue-eyed warrior mystic. And despite getting the utter shit kicked out of them by uh, of them and their nation in World War II, resulting in a dec- decades-long partition of Germany and casting an eternal shame over the Germans, their view of Vikings still holds sway. Now. For the sake of my blood pressure and the fact that I act legitimately have given myself a headache, we're going to skip time a little bit. We're going to revisit <laughs> some old ground, and we're going to talk about our old friend, Burzum. <laughs> much
1: more a, relaxing.
0: Much more relaxing. Mu- much I'm sure more, this will much cure more. my headache. Uh, Daniel, you're a fellow metalhead. How would you like to refresh our listeners' memories on who fucking Burzum is? So...
2: Let me. I'll. I'll just. I'll read a little bit of uh of his Wikipedia. <laughs> oh, good.
0: <laughs> Glad I got the mead. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yes. Um. So, because actually, this is one of those things where it's like when I found out the band Screwdriver was uh super Nazis. super yep. Nazis. Yeah, it's like I never listened to it. When I found out that Burzum was was pretty uh you know shitty, I actually. Have never really listened to them, yeah. um, and 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 again, it's like, I think I said so in the previous episode. It's like you really do have to read the lyrics of some of these bands because you don't hear it when you're listening to it. You just hear a lot of screaming, a lot of and uh, and then all of a sudden uh, you're you're listening to to white supremacist music. <laughs> yeah, but uh, uh, <laughs> he what was his actual, his what is Varg Vikernes? Vikernes. So he was imprisoned um, <laughs> from 93 to 2009. Uh, he was arrested for the murder of, I believe it's one of his bandmates, correct? Yep. It was Euronimus yeah. from Mayhem. Yeah. yeah, 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 Um And the burnings of several Norwegian churches, mm-hmm. from what I remember. So um, I, I didn't pull up the Wikipedia.
1: Burning churches.
2: Yep.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't pull up that Wikipedia article fast enough, but that's that's yes. what I remember. That's yeah, um, that's that's a fair synopsis. Yeah, uh, the guy
2: the guy the guy was kind of a piece of shit from
0: whatever. Yeah, still is. <laughs> we talked still about is. Him in uh we did in, on the last in yeah, the metal cap yeah. and the metal podcast and last time. Um, but uh, excuse me. Uh I think you know, we we talked about it again on the metal podcast. So I'd like to reiterate uh something that he wrote. And I'm not going to do the accent this time because I can't remember what the accent was that I did, but here it is. Uh, (laughs) Another thing that probably is a problem – this is from his blog. Uh, Another thing that that probably is a problem to these dirty, filthy, ganja-smoking, free-love hippies who call themselves pagans and claim to perform pagan rites – there we go – is that why it also means innocent. (laughs) The ancient (laughs) pagans claimed that one should not bring anything impure into the weird. So only virgins and married women who had never been with any other men than their husbands were allowed to practice the customs. Further, only women and men with fair eyes were allowed to enter the hall of the Odin. This is not something that they make up just because I am a vile racist. It is stated clearly in the Norse mythology that only people of Jarl's kin are allowed to enter Valhalla, the Hall of Odin. <laughs> you can, however, easily be a pagan with brown eyes or a pagan who is not innocent. But if so, you cannot practice the customs or sing magic songs in this life. <laughs> and this only make up a small part of paganism anyhow. Then, you simply only have to wait until the next life before you can live up to the required moral and genetic standards. Maybe you will not live up to these standards until the life after the next life. Even if some Europeans are a bit polluted genetically, so to speak, and have brown <laughs> eyes, for instance, that is something that can be solved by a few generations of race hygiene. Holy shit. <laughs> now, yeah. to Daniel, we kind of <laughs> established your creds in the last episode how accurate is that to Norse mythology <laughs>
2: uh, not it is not would it would you not.
0: agree with me when i say that uh, varg's full of shit
2: uh, i i 100% would okay. in in Norse mythology the let, let's let's look at you know the dilution of uh, or the uh confounding of Christ- christianity let'll oh. just say <laughs> They make it, uh, you know, the Catholic church and a lot of other places, which I mean, I really do think in the Christian sense, are heresy, uh, they create so many barriers to salvation, whereas it's actually very simple. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, whatever, uh, Viking mythology in that sense, even if we, you know, you know, realize that, Hey, (laughs) Valhalla. Yeah, sure. It's these heavens and all that kind of stuff were, were influenced, um, the only requirement is that you die in battle. <laughs> that's it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and there that's are it. other there are other afterlives too. It's not just Valhalla. There's right yeah. there's hell which isn't hell. It's it's just another afterlife. Yes, exactly. And a bunch and of other stuff. Valhalla is like the warrior afterlife. And
2: that and that's the thing for him to say. You know, oh yeah, it's only you know uh, the the blue eyed fair skinned you know that that make it to dine with Odin or uh, whatever is 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 horseshit.
0: And, you know, as we've seen in the interactive documentary Assassin's Creed Valhalla, (laughs) uh, there's a lot of different people of of a lot of different types in Valhalla. So, again, he's full of shit. And not only is he trying to tie this true pagan into a Volkish Julius evola proved return to the forest, but he's pulling (laughs) out a lot of weird shit from bits of Norse mythology that are poorly attested at best. We've already gone into how we don't have first-hand sources, um
1: also like as as someone who knows a lot of christian scholarship if you are talking about how you like old school religion yep only allowed virgins in certain places (laughs) you probably got that from a religion that was created within like 200 square miles of desert
0: yeah (laughs) yeah it's like
1: a very like yeah. yeah
0: Yeah, People very concerned, almost neurotically, with hygiene. Yeah. I would not have any knowledge of such a group of people.
1: And for good reason. If you're stuck wandering around the desert, you're worried a lot about hygiene.
0: Don't eat shrimp. it'll go bad you'll die don't get tattoos
1: (laughs) can't guarantee the safety of that needle
0: yeah it it will get infected it (laughs) will get infected you will die and then who is going to take care of your mule
1: but if you're living in ireland do whatever the fuck you want (laughs) named tagline to ireland
0: (laughs) and you know the the interactive documentary uh crusader kings 3 attest to this with insular christianity in ireland allowing well, you have concubines yeah. so clearly that's that's there you go uh now with all of this in mind contemporary practitioners of north north Smith- uh Norse paganism are pretty solidly aligned that there is no central authority for paganism as a whole and certainly that is not varg uh now this also breaks down a little bit If you refer to yourself as an Asatru practitioner, because that's a little more structured. Um, But from what I've read, it's pretty clear that Icelandic Asatru practitioners are pretty adamantly opposed to non-Icelandic folks telling them what their beliefs mean about racial. They were explicit about that in our last episode. But of course, Varg's stupidity is not limited to screeds about paganism and hippies. No, the motherfucker has the gall to pollute my beloved tabletop role-playing hobby. (laughs) He has published a role-playing game, which he started developing while he was in prison for numerous hate crimes, Mm -hmm. (laughs) escapes from prison, and numerous other hate crimes committed while on parole from prison. And his game has the horrible title of Mythic Fantasy Role-Playing Game. It's really <laughs> the, the
1: Washington football team of tabletop. <laughs> it, yeah, it, it's like a tabletop <laughs>
0: name decided on by a committee in the IETF or IEEE. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't read through it because I can't easily find a download for it, and I'm not going to give him a goddamn dime. But I did find a review on Metal Sucks, which is a great metal website. The review is titled Advanced Discrimination in Dragons, a critical <laughs> 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 look at Kern's My Og RPG. And I'm going to hit us some quotes from the review, saving us from the crunchy discussions about the mechanics, because we're not talking about TTRPGs, although we might soon, <laughs> but we will look at the world building. The next chunk of this episode is going to be quotes from the review, because I am a lazy hack fraud. Quote one,
1: and much like Varg Vikernes would say, um, in his My Farg, you as a Jew can't have a high intelligence score (laughs)
0: exactly, which is yeah, so I forgot, it's allowed in the game. You read that. I then, did. I realized so. that I
1: torrented it and then wiped it off my hard drive. So that oh, you, that's why you couldn't. <laughs> okay, so.
0: so I'm going to read these quotes from the review, and then I want you to give your I did not torrent precious. it,
1: legally speaking.
0: Um, <laughs> you? Not actionable. Not actionable. Yeah, not
1: actionable. Don't torrent stuff. <laughs> you wouldn't steal a racist RPG.
0: No. <laughs> uh, so quote one, set in the anti antediluvian land of Tula, a repository for a bunch of generic fantasy tropes filtered through Vikern's own Norse-centric historical revisionism. Basically, you're trying to survive in a barbaric Iron Age land governed by the philosophy of a man who happens to be a big fan of Hitler, Nietzsche, and social Darwinism. Varg has done a lot of research into the culture and lifestyle of prehistoric Europeans, but even the most historically accurate material has been so colored by his toxic worldview that it feels made up. Quote 2. There are a wide variety of races available for the player to choose from, as long as that race is Scandinavian. The lighter the hair and the fairer the skin, the more blessed by the gods your character is.
1: You can you can play worse races, as he would yep. put it. You just have to have lower <laughs> stats if uh, you'll you get want. There. Okay.
0: <laughs> quote three. People of Middle Eastern and African descent are represented. They are the quote. Filthy, vulgar, poorly educated, animalistic coppermen—you uh, can't play them. Uh, they are intended to be cannon fodder. Now there are two varieties of coppermen: the Skrelinger weaklings and the Merklinger darklings. I'm pretty su- pretty sure that the weaklings are supposed to be Semitic people, as they receive a bonus to trickery. <laughs> <laughs> The Darklings, meanwhile, receive a bonus to spear-throwing. You can guess who they're supposed to represent. Jesus. I love
1: that you set an RPG in Iron Age Europe, and then you're like, all those stupid fucking people who were inventing yeah. algebra when my goddamn thing is set.
0: Having, you know, they were algebra, astronomy, yeah. early chemistry. Yeah,
1: they were inventing and- everything while we were flinging shit
2: those stupid assholes <laughs> uh, and that's a little bit of the irony of that kind of uh idealism it's like the reason we don't have a proper mythology for vikings is they didn't write shit down they didn't yeah. have a written language so it's like i don't know and and then and the mythology is one thing but to say you know that these people were you know somehow yeah intellectually elevated it's like yeah maybe they had a good na- uh, you know nautical system that allowed them to travel across you know seas and rivers and, and, and all that stuff but it's like to, i don't know that kind of that kind of uh yeah revisionist is a good yeah. Yeah. word
0: <laughs> there's there's one Just, more quote and then i'm gonna open yeah. it up to a little bit yeah what <laughs> <laughs> Last... was shit talking Yeah. yes one of the suggested quest ideas is literally ethnic cleansing. <laughs> Tula is being invaded by alien eten horrors, savage and submish- subhuman coppermen, and untrustworthy untru- ironmen. I-, I think this is Varg's version of Jews complete with a blood libel about them. Uh, and it, it ru- they are ruining the lifestyle and culture of Tula, and even the Tulians themselves, and his feeling of duty and honor his being the player character, makes him want to do something about this. Uh, moving out of quotes, uh, from what I was able to tell, there are massive tables of rules, especially about swimming, uh, which is <laughs> sounds awful. Shark, you read the thing. Yeah. Tell us.
1: So if you ever played, like, first edition D&D and have encountered how truly horrible all things people enjoyed were in the 80s um it's like that it's a lot of fucking weird tables about like arrows and how far <laughs> they can shoot and what kind of wind conditions and it's just fucking horrific
2: that uh so as somebody who hasn't been too involved in any kind of rpg tabletop like that that description is exactly what has kind of like deterred me in <laughs> yeah. that sense. You know, it's just like I want to have fun. I want to be able to like you know jump in and, and you know obviously there's got to be some rules, but like yeah, I worked you know at a bookstore and we sold a lot of RPG stuff and everyone railed against you know like first edition kind of stuff because it was just way too much, way too complex, way too many uh unnecessary factors that that, that you know kind of barred the. Uh, you know any kind of entry level that wasn't already steeped in the lore and like
1: (laughs) and he's like the master of that like it's like he clearly likes Bronze Age shit a lot or whenever (laughs) it's fucking based and he did like genuinely a lot of research and then just shotguns it out like a kid who knows a lot of facts (laughs) about dinosaurs but in tabletop RPG format and it's fucking terrible
2: (laughs) yeah yeah
1: yeah, it sounds awful. Yeah, don't play the racist board game.
0: <laughs> <laughs> my hand seems like a pretty easy rule to abide by. Yeah.
1: And if you do, take the plus one to trickery. <laughs> <laughs> it's not optimized, but it's no. more fun. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, Sharker, you know, I mean, you just said don't play it, but what if I were to start a campaign?
1: I mean, of course. Okay. We could live stream it on Twitch. <laughs> really, I don't think I'd Nazi, watch. I'd yeah, watch. I
3: don't think the Nazi
1: <laughs> tabletop casted by Jewish people is a big enough. It's an untapped market. <laughs> so I think there's a lot of people
0: put out a casting call for for player characters who want to destroy Tula. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just us
1: reading through spreadsheets about arrows.
0: <laughs> yeah that sounds like that that's my utter hell i uh hate that kind of game
1: yeah you said uh-huh. after mentioning crusader kings 3
0: well sure <laughs> all right i i'm i'm playing a, in and D campaign with a uh a group of people some of whom who've been playing since first edition and i'm playing a halfling monk and <laughs> occasionally they uh they misremember rules and start quoting things to me about halflings that you can do in first edition like oh halflings get proficiency to using slings <laughs> like, what? <laughs> yeah, like what are you talking about <laughs> like oh that's that's first edition never mind <laughs> yeah
1: horrible thing
0: yeah <laughs> um so you know you might be wondering where varg got all of this stuff uh, especially ass. like Tula. No, yeah. oh, it's there's, there's <laughs> oh, no, other there, are, there, are. there are, there <laughs> are. Uh, and you know, there uh, you might also be wondering if there's an element of this stuff lurking in the United States. And good news, there is <laughs> to understand where this comes into play. We have to discuss a guy named Stephen McNallan, uh, his group, the Asatru Folk Assembly and everyone's favorite incomprehensible maniac carl young
1: hell yeah
0: <laughs> now i want to do a little <laughs> bit of a digression shark in our our dune campaign there's uh, a bit of a maniac <laughs> and uh we were at a movie he and i and there was like a friends of young advertisement <laughs> at the theater and i was like oh god that's got to be just nazis and he was like what young's great <laughs> and <laughs> like, i'm not gonna talk about this with you man <laughs> the thing is i don't i'm like, like like young what, he wasn't a nazi young i don't wasn't...
1: hate young i don't know yeah. how it is like i don't hate nietzsche either but it's just everyone i've ever heard talk about loving young or nietzsche sounds like jordan peterson in like five yeah. minutes of conversation and it's like how yeah. the fuck do these guys like only yeah. attract this crowd of people
2: i don't know <laughs> i i i kind of do know because i mean <laughs> please <laughs> well all right so i'm about to fix of the a, world right here <laughs> kind of uh, yeah i, mean, I, up, I wish rachel were
0: on for this episode
2: <laughs> so when i was younger you know it's like i was i was raised christian and i was like yeah. you know very very in into all that and then i went to college and i learned some stuff i took a philosophy class and all of a sudden i was enlightened <laughs> um it, <laughs> during that time uh i read the antichrist by nietzsche okay and and mm-hmm. that i mean i'd already started to kind of question you know my own beliefs you know why was i raised the way i was raised you know if i was somewhere else would i believe something different of all that stuff but then nietzsche actually i mean and i whether i agree or not it's kind of irrelevant but he did he did open the dialogue within my own head that said you know what does it mean to be a christian and that and that his aspect of it was modern christianity for his time which i mean still i think is is the same now is fundamentally a a bastardized religion you know it's like uh, and he i mean went farther than i think i would ever have gone in this in this thought process but you know it's like the christianity is is weak you know they embrace the weak they embrace the you know all that kind of stuff. And when you are in your worst, you know, weakest place, that's when you are strong, you know, and that's when, and, and he's like, no, that's not true. A person who is out hunting all day out, you know, killing animals and this and that, they are the stronger ones. That is just a fact. And so I'm like, okay, I kind of agree there. I get that. You know, you, there are, there are those kind of aspects, but then with, with, with Christianity itself and Nietzsche, uh, he starts getting into the idea of, you uh, know, you know that that uber mentioned, all that kind of stuff and then i think that gets taken a out of context in a lot of ways in like jordan peterson's you know kind of stuff and a, a lot of those types um because nietzsche himself was a frail sick dude <laughs> it's like yeah. so he's talking out of his ass also because he can think about these things but he can't manifest any of this into an, his own his own life into his he own self did, he didn't have a vision board no <laughs> he did not he did not yeah. He he blew wishes out the window, um, so it's well, he you know with him. Yes, yes, and that and he himself was, and this is kind of the background that a lot of people don't necessarily remember about Nietzsche's. He was on his way to becoming a priest, you know. It's hmm. like, and so he realized, no, Dostoevsky was right, the death of God. You know, it's like we need to kill God. To to actually become gods ourselves in that sense, and that self empowerment, oh, I can do we think...
0: can we isolate that <laughs>
2: and have that be like the, the intro to
3: every episode?
2: <laughs> yeah, it just it's it's that it's that idea. It's when he starts thinking the predator doesn't give any consideration to the feelings of the prey. That's the kind of Nazi shit that people embrace, you know, where yeah. it's like you know the the hawk doesn't care about the rabbit, and it's like or or the sheep or whatever. It's like, that aspect of it all is where people start saying, yeah, yeah, that's right. You know, these lesser humans, you know, these lesser beings don't even have, you know, the, the right to exist the way we do. And like, and that's where, you know, the shit gets really shady. It gets really twisted. And it's like, yeah.
1: When I was, was at, it. uh, when I was in college and we were doing our Nietzsche classes, someone was, we were reading a uh, gay science and someone had some passage about racial purity, they said. And they like read it. And our professor went, You know, Nietzsche had a lot of ideas and they can't all be winners. And I just like, <laughs> and That's, that's exactly the right. to Nietzsche for me. Like, he yeah. more ideas than anyone else. That's in the exactly whole world. right.
0: Yeah.
1: And if you're a weird fucking dude, you can find any horrible shit you want in Nietzsche or Jung just because they like shotgunned out nonsense at like a machine gun pace. Yeah. And like, no, some and that, of it and was that's really exactly good. That's right. <laughs>
2: But it's the people who latch on to the to the the you know less good sides. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it's like they're the ones who somehow make him more popular in, in that way, where it's like, you know, they embrace the worst parts. And I'm like, come on, come on. He had so so much better. He embraced art. You know, it's like, yeah, we all should strive to be artistic and you know. And they're yeah. like, uh, yeah, no, let's uh, let's kill everyone who's not us. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh my god, come on, come on.
0: Come on, man.
2: That wasn't it. <laughs> uh,
1: this is why he should have been not- limited to 250 characters in hour. That's it,
0: that's it. Yep. <laughs> it was those
1: extra characters that uh, fucked his shit up he shouldn't have been able to say more.
0: So there are two paths for Nietzsche on Twitter. One is drill. Yeah. And the other is like, I have a lot of thoughts about race and, and weakness. A thread, yeah, and then thread emoji, <laughs> yeah.
1: One is Drill, and the other is that Republican congressman who sent that thing about nuclear ballistic tweets and the world yeah. sky. Jesus, yeah, yep. That's the
0: other. <laughs> 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 But luckily, I. What do you? What do? You, what do you think Young's Twitter would have been like?
1: Oh my god.
2: They would have been all threads. A either yeah, that or, know. or cryptic yeah, either that or cryptic three word like
0: uh,
2: yeah, yeah.
0: There there's um a game developer called Hello Games that does No Man's Sky. I love No Man's Sky. Yeah, and the guy who runs that don't studio... tell me he's a Nazi. No, 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 okay. no. no, but whenever whenever like, they're come on. whenever they're whenever they're teasing a patch, he just tweets out an emoticon.
3: <laughs> and like, j-
0: just like, give a a weirdly vague hint about what the content will be, and the uh, the subreddit is is a real delight whenever that happens because people freak <laughs> out and like try to figure out what he meant by an orange. So that could have been young.
1: A good friend of mine in yeah. college yeah, I described uh, right. Carl Young as Joseph Campbell, who you'd like to have sex with. <laughs> I think that's a good summary.
2: Yeah, that's that's not the worst summary at all. Actually, for um my, you know my wife is going to school for um uh, art therapy and psychology, and so for Christmas is it last year? I think it was last year. I got her the uh, the black books of Carl Jung, um, because she's actually really into Ursula Le Guin, who kind of has a Jungian approach to her uh, mythology and to the kind of so As I have, we should
1: I, be legally obligated to all yeah. be. Yes.
2: Yes. yes. Yeah. Uh, 100%. <laughs> and um. and yeah, so I got her those. And I, I honestly, I haven't looked through them myself yet. I got them as a as a I think that she would like this and she really loved them. So I I don't really have any kind of uh, ultimate opinions on Carl Jung, other than I would have uh, had a soap opera called The Young and the Restless. Where it's like uh, you had
1: a psychiatry. Good. Yeah, that, that would be good. That'd be a watchable soap opera. <laughs> that's what
0: I, was, yeah. I I argue with great frequency. This is one of my drunk uh, fixation moments that Twin Peaks is a is a watchable soap opera. Yeah. 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 Um that is a sol- solid point. Yeah. So <laughs> put Young on the back burner for a second, because we need to introduce McNallan, Stephen McNallan, the Asachu Folk Assembly. And to do this, we're going to turn to a website called Gods and Radicals. Quoting For people in the pagan community, McNallan's name is well known, a collage of veneration and horror. The heathen revival, per- particularly Asatru in the United States, comes from McNallan's from construct starting in the 60s, bringing over a friendlier version of the racialist Odinism found across Europe. After being drawn by the stories of heroism found in the and sagas, McNallan formed the Viking Brotherhood in 1969 with the Viking Manifesto, an ode to young male obsession with the warrior cult media interpretation of Norse Vikings. Taking on a more serious tone and adopting the magical flavor from Iceland, he created the Asatru Free Assembly in 1976 using the same metagenetic tone of Els Christensen, Elsa Christensen's earlier Odinic Rite yet eschewing the harder-edged racialism. For MacNallan, this was to be a religion of the Northern European people, their true spiritual practice, and he could use the language of post-colonialism to argue that it was their right, just as it was that of the Tibetans to be freed from the hands of the Chinese Communist Party or or for the Navajo Nation to be allowed to have ethnically exclusive powwows. This was not a new argumentation for the European new right academics have been taking this turn for a few years, arguing that the wave of national liberation movements was in line with their own battle for an authentic European ethnostate. And this is something you see today with a lot of, like, oh, we're not Nazis. We just believe in ethnostates. Yeah, um, so we just know,
2: believe that no one should emigrate, You know, it's like, it, yeah. it's yeah. <laughs> A lot Which of the ethno nationalism.
0: It's it's a real joy because then you have to. Uh, you, then you get into like the weird thing, like, well, where, where did what? what how? How it can has this, to be, how Europe,
2: be European blood though? But you know, fuck the fuck the Italians. You know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like it's. <laughs> uh, yeah. I was
1: at a bar the other night, and someone was having this stupid fucking discussion, and they were talking about how, um, like, oh, but it's like. It's racist if I have a meeting for all white people at my company, but they can have, like, an all-black meeting for the diversity, equity, and inclusion group. And someone was like, what the fuck are you talking about? And he was like, it's not racist to have all-white spaces. And the person's like, fine, whatever. But do you want to hang out with anyone who goes to the all-white meeting? <laughs> I think just, like, perfectly fucking summarizes it. Like, if you throw that shit out, it's just a full well, of assholes.
2: And that's yeah. the that's the kind of irony of of that that aspect. It's like if you you know uh, if you want to say like yeah no white is this. It's like you're you're absolutely wrong. Anytime you want to like start from that premise, yeah. because yeah. you know I, my my heritage is is English, Germanic, and Scandinavian. It's like sure. But that's European. It's not, you know, so, so having European as a race, you know, and, and, and having, you know, that kind of aspect is already coming from a faulty place. If you want to say like, yeah, this is our Irish group, you know, it's like, okay, I, I can see that, you know, but if this is our white group. I don't understand that at all. It's like, that doesn't make any sense because it doesn't exist.
1: Yeah. yeah. Ask a Kurd from northern Iraq and a Sunni from yeah. southern Iraq if they're both Middle Eastern, and you'll get some <laughs> right. answers. Yeah, it's that's insane. exactly that's thing right. Thing. Yeah, yeah, it's
0: yeah. great if you if you uh, refer to anyone who's from Iran. Oh, yeah, you're an Arab, right? That's <laughs> oh, a fun I, conversation. Uh, I am,
3: <laughs>
2: I, so I had a couple of friends in in Southern California from from Irvine, you know, yeah. and it was Persian. It's like you know, it wasn't I? I'm yeah. not Iranian. I'm Persian, and that's like. And I and I had to learn that difference in a sense because yep. it, it, you know and I think it's a valid you know difference in that sense so you know it's yeah, yeah to to even any kind of premise that starts from all white uh just doesn't make any sense no, it's <laughs> at all it, it is a <laughs>
0: stupid construct that is mainly built up to uh, continue to fluff up wasp interests <laughs> yeah. above everyone else.
2: Well, and, and with McNallan's aspect, you know, he was very sp- specific on the DNA. You know, yeah. it's like, and and what are you talking about? Like that still doesn't make any sense. You're still working
0: from a faulty premise, you know. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. And you know, we're gonna we're gonna go into that. So good segue. So earlier in this episode, uh, maybe last episode, I don't know. Time is a flat circle. We talked <laughs> about a split that happened within heathenism, uh, where American pagans branched off of their Volkish roots. McNallan is a big part of those Volkish roots. The Asatru Free Assembly, for many reasons, morphed into the Asatru Folk Assembly, which has a lot of politics that are not worth getting into, but has the distinction of being the target of a thing called Declaration 127, which we discussed earlier. But that's not the only reason McNallan is worth our time. No, he is a big believer in Jungian archetypes, <laughs> Shark, you and Daniel, you are both liberal arts nerds. What can you tell us about Jungian archetypes? And big points, bonus points, huge bonus points if you can tell us about Jung's essay *Votan*. <laughs>
2: I'll let you take the floor on that one.
1: Oh God, um, yeah, it's, it's
2: a big, it's a big topic. <laughs>
1: So Jung is Jungian archetypes are like so Plato Jungian this,
0: archetypes. are you
1: know, so legally obligated to say it. Um, <laughs> Jung has this idea, like Jung's a smart guy and he reads a lot. And so he reads Plato and he reads Kant and he reads Schopenhauer.
0: This is the problem. Don't read a
1: lot. Yeah, don't read a lot. Never <laughs> uh, It has never done me any good. Wait a
2: minute. Okay. This is called the the right can't read, right? <laughs> Wait oh, a minute. Uh, they can't uh, read. Uh, We're uh, aspiring not to. Yeah, That's there the you difference. go. <laughs> Fair. That is, a, that is a very specific and good difference. Our compulsion is to read. It is yeah. not healthy. Uh, yeah, so he reads Plato,
1: he reads Kant, he reads Schopenhauer, and they all have this idea of, like, the ideal forms of something. And uh, Jung's like, what if I took that but made it not super lame? And he's like, so inside your brain, there are these, like, archetypes of, like, thieves. Inside your
0: brain, there are two wolves.
1: Yeah, exactly. But Um, there's more, like,
0: 12 wolves.
1: Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) There's a full pack in there. (laughs) And he comes up with, like, all of these archetypes that people love, like... uh, I don't think he comes up with it. Like the crone is a thing that he talks about at some points. And it's like a whole series of like literary shorthand that you know, because Hollywood fucking machine guns it out in every garbage script.
0: But yeah, we we were talking about this at yeah. one during one of the episodes. The about, Shrek episode, uh,
1: Aaron, the greatest was it the Shrek episode. I,
0: I don't think we've released the Shrek episode at the time of this recording. We yeah. will soon.
1: Yeah. But it's about like how, um, like storytelling and myth have archetypes, which they might, I guess, maybe.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, it's handy if yeah, if you're. Well, I if mean, you even aspire in, to be a popular writer or artist, which I don't, so I don't like it. You you <laughs> you, you, you use touch points that that people can re- like kind of already know, well, and, like, and
2: it is. It, I mean, just in the in the Viking sense, it's the relation between you know the Christ figure. And the Odin figure, you know, again yeah. hanging from a tree, getting stabbed in this, you know, in their side with a spear. Yeah. It's like, you know, there, there, there are you have to have some sort of, uh, you know, uh, touch point in a sense in 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 your own psychology, in your own, you know, aspect of of the way you understand people and the way you empathize and the way you experience the world around you, where it's like. I mean, I know Joseph Campbell. I haven't read it yet. My mom gave it to me for Christmas, but I still haven't read it. Hmm. The hero with a thousand faces. you Your know mom's not uh, bad. she's uh, she's yes <laughs> but uh you know it's like that that hero with a thousand faces, that's the same thing. It's like you attribute yeah. certain qualities m- more often than not post you know their lives. you know, it's like can you attribute oh, this was the hero, this was the the that. wanderer, this was the this, this was that. And the, and the the archetypes you know do have an effect and a and a and a place in mythologies and religions. Yeah. In day to day lives, it becomes way problematic. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah.
1: And the problem is weirdos who try to apply this to their day to day lives and other people's yeah. as marketing. Yeah. Like if you're one of yeah, the, yeah absolutely. You get like Jordan Peterson, but yeah, they do cool, like you say. saying. The chaos like, cool dragons. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so McNallan is big on using this as the very problematic approach of like applying it to day-to-day life. Yeah. This is his bread and butter. He's been <laughs> at it since the late 60s and yeah. is still doing it now. Uh you can find videos of him talking about Wotan, specifically like Young's essay. Uh, uh he describes the post World War II years and the Allies' denazification efforts as brutal and relentless. And well, an wait effort.
1: until he finds out about the Nazis. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and and kind of refers to these efforts as an uh, effort to impose crass materialism on a proud race of people. You know, Nazi shit. <laughs> I'm not gonna tell you to go look at McNallon videos because you shouldn't. Uh, but I'm hoping because yeah, you, know, you shouldn't own mental health and also containment. It should I am willing to I to be the scapegoat and be sent into the desert on Yom Kippur. I would instead refer you to Ocean Keltoy's YouTube video uh, titled, We Need to Discuss the Wisdom of Odin, who is another YouTuber, and the Asatru Folk It's a good video. Again, uh, Ocean Keltoy seems like good people. Mentioned him in the last. For thus, though, we are going to talk about McNallan's involvement in the alt-right. What fun! (laughs) Yup! So, from Gods and Radicals, Quote, As the alt-right developed, McNallan was right there with them, with his newest formation, the Asatru Folk Assembly, where he had firmed up his own arguments about the metagenetic Jungian roots of Asatru and the oh,
1: every the... guy who reads Carl Jung <laughs> like that. Why are they all yeah. that guy? I'm sorry. Please continue.
0: <laughs> uh, roots of Asatru and the psyche of the spiritually distinct Nordics. He contributed early on for AlternativeRight.com, joining Richard Spencer on episodes of Vanguard Radio to discuss the first Thor film and the heroism of Icelandic (laughs) explorers. I Coded the language he used well enough to avoid finger pointing from the right and the left. The AFA helped to popularize the folkish interpretation of heathenry, that it was an ethnically (laughs) exclusive religion. And MacNallan traveled the world, talking to decolonization movements, attempting to woo them into common cause. And I'm going to break from the quote for a second and reiterate at a point that always needs to be reiterated. reiterated there should never be an attempt to form a red-brown alliance that is not good. Don't work with Nazis, you idiots. Don't talk to Boogaloo boys. <laughs> They're Nazis. Yeah. And going back to the quote, as many heathens can attest, McNallan helped set the tone for what heathenry was, especially in the U.S., as he helped to flesh out rituals and theology, adding much of the aesthetics and depth needed to create a multifaceted tradition. McNallan... Though a hard polytheist wants whites to think of Wotan as a young Youngian archetype, <laughs> a racially distinct machination <laughs> in the minds of northern European stock, a mode that they can tap into as to become a warrior in defense of the racially exclusive tribe. <laughs> McNallan has made it clear that the Wotan network was not an issue of promoting his religion, but instead about the existence and destiny of our people. The WOTAN network sounds like something that fought the Ninja Turtles. Yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it doesn't stop there. No, he was all in on the Unite the Right rally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yet more from Gods and Radicals. <laughs> After the image of the tort light march uh, from August 11th came forth, where white nationalist protesters chanted Jews will not replace us while surrounding a church (laughs) and finally attacking protesters, McNallan put up an image of the protest with the line, where there is light, there is hope, emblazoned atop it. This was signed off with the hashtag WOTAN Network, owing to his penchant for branding. The next day, one woman died and 19 were injured as as a vanguard American associate plowed his Dodge Challenger into counter-protesters before hitting the gas and reversing running the scene. It was both one of the largest white nationalist gatherings in 20 years and one of the most catastrophic. In the weeks that followed these declarations, Hugen's (laughs) Heathenhof, a well-known heathen blog, Put out a call for a joint declaration denouncing the Isatru Folk Assembly, its doctrines, and its leadership as a racist organization. Since then, over a hundred heathen organizations from all around the world have signed the statement. This has isolated the AFA from many of their former allies, lost members, and pushed them into a more openly white, white nationalist direction. Their increasingly overt white nationalism also parallels with the broader surge in far-right activity across the globe. As further splits occur after the alt-rights violence in Charlottesville, McNallan and the AFA's choice to continue supporting the white nationalist contingent should be further a marker to disassociate them from the heathen community they desperately want to define. So you see, Stephen McNallan, not a good guy. Doesn't, doesn't no. sound like. No. You could even say that little, he's a little bit of a douche. He's a little bit of a douche, this guy. Yeah, a little bit of a, and you know, this, I think, yeah, all right, being a little serious, you know, last episode we were talking about, Daniel, how you kind of explored local heathen groups yeah. and how they all kind of had these things. And, you know, I don't know enough about any of these groups to say whether or not they took a lot from, or took anything from AFA, Satru Folk Assembly, but I don't know. It gets weird real quick, it's, and, 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 and it's like being a metalhead. You got to do a lot of research yeah. to figure out what to listen to.
2: Well, and it and it is difficult because it's like say you go to you know because you know I'm in Portland, you know Oregon, uh, redacted. We, <laughs> we you know if you go to a metal show, ninety nine percent in in redacted. <laughs> uh, it's going to be ninety nine percent white dudes. Yeah. You know, it's like uh, if you go to an Esratu or if you go to any kind of other heathen, you know, en- engagement or whatever. I don't know what they call them because I've never been. But it's like it's going to be at least 99 percent white dudes, you know, and and that kind of aspect of, of you know, the, the scene or, you know, whatever you want to call it. It's like that that's. That can be problematic because you get too many white guys together. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: you're going to
2: start thinking that that's cool. Uh, suddenly no. you're killing I mean, literally <laughs>
0: everyone in Africa. All of a that's sudden. yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, all right. I'm going to put no. you on pause for a second. You pronounced it Aser, I, 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 I,
2: Asatru. Asatru. Isn't you know, it Asatru?
0: Is it, is it Asatru or is it Asatru? Is it a s a
2: Yeah. Asatru.
0: A-S-A-T-R-U.
2: Yeah, it's not true. Yeah, what have you been saying? What did I I say?
0: I thought you said it differently. All right, never. Did I say?
2: uh, Did I say esratu? I don't know. Doesn't matter. Shark doesn't matter.
0: Shark, you're the you're the ref. (laughs) No. All right. Anyway. Yeah. No. If you put too many white people together, it gets weird.
2: Yeah, it kind of does, and it's like, and then you're like, well, should we call this a group? You know, should we uh, should we start meeting weekly? Should we call? No, you don't. (laughs) my not <laughs>
3: don't
2: do it don't do it uh not to discourage metal obviously not to yeah. discourage pagan beliefs obviously it's yeah. just like but there is there is an exclusionary element to a lot of it that that uh almost is inherently built in you know and that and that is problematic and that is you know an aspect of of i think you know the metal community the the uh heathen community that needs to be addressed and and you know and and obviously some people are you know but i i think as a whole it's difficult to address it when the only other people that you're addressing are other white people yeah. <laughs> you know other people who you
0: know are yeah. in yeah so yeah yeah i mean we um well it hasn't been re- released yet but we recorded a warhammer episode <laughs> and we were talking about it uh during the uh, I, I think we were talking about how hard it is to talk to nerds about this shit, and because people get really defensive about their identities,
2: yeah and
0: uh, for no reason.
2: I honestly, i'm gonna I'm gonna stop right there for a sec for yeah. no fucking reason. If we want to actually let's let's be broad real quick. if we want to talk about climate change, if we want to talk about, you know, droughts <laughs> and we want to talk about food scarcity and all that kind of stuff, we got to kind of get rid of a lot of our, yeah. bullshit notions of, of of race and country and class and this kind of stuff and we and it's like i gonna this is a little bit of a diatribe but like i've been thinking about it a lot <laughs>
1: you know and recently
2: i don't know why yeah. yeah um but that we're going to see a lot of immigration from from places that that will be hit hardest by climate change yeah. and hit hardest by scarcity like california and war. <laughs> like california <laughs> Coming to Oregon. God. Well, we can't, yeah. we can't accept that. <laughs> Californians
1: are an inferior species. Yeah.
2: Can I, can I tell a crass joke
0: real quick? Is that okay? I love in this crass. podcast. That's a grand, that's a great band.
1: Yeah,
2: gonna... okay. Yes. Crass is amazing. <laughs> uh, when I was working at a, I was working at a local convenience store and like by local, I mean a three minute walk from my place. Not and, um, very, very <laughs> local. And this guy comes in and he says, uh, why can't you get your dick sucked in california and i was like what (laughs) okay why he's like because all the cocksuckers moved to oregon and i thought that that was actually a solid joke or i didn't think it was gonna be a solid joke as a californian myself i thought that was a solid joke (laughs) Uh, yeah that's a
0: good one yeah
2: I don't know if you need to edit that out, but uh, absolutely
0: not. (laughs) (laughs) We don't. You're assuming a lot about this
2: podcast. (laughs) Fair fair enough. Fair enough. No, but I mean, I just think in general, like when you're talking about these kind of uh, these kind of larger issues, you know, race, DNA, any of that shit, like it it doesn't it doesn't make any sense to survive as a species, and we haven't quite grown. You know, there's an anti-globalist sentiment that's like, you know, globalism is going, you know. It's if we dude, don't become a globalist yes <laughs> <But> yes <laughs> yes <laughs> Yeah. but if if we don't kind of uh, come together and I mean we could respect each other's cultures and all that kind of stuff we could even you know assimilate I don't that's not I mean again as the Vikings did assimilate culture but if we're going to work together as a, as a species there's a lot of this shit that we, we need to get to the fuck over that, yeah I mean we as as, as a Star, Star Wars Trek. fan as a yeah. Star Wars fan I disagree we should be you know, Star We're, Wars. What, I, I don't even. Should be Tatooine. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> no, I want two sons.
0: <laughs> that's that's like one thing I think is weird about Star Wars as a uh, franchise is there's not a lot of like culture represented in the show. Uh, have there's you like, been to Moss There's the, Cantina, Mos band. Isley? There's the yeah. Cantina band, and then there's the the Mon Calamari Opera
2: in Revenge. Of what about the bounty hunters? They even I mean, accepted well, robots. Right.
0: Yeah, no, all right, I'll give you that. Mandalorians are definitely yeah. a culture. Uh, there's a fun game called Star Wars The Old Republic. Yes. And it's like an MMO. And uh, you can be a bounty hunter. And we like a gag. Me and a few friends all rolled bounty hunters with variations on the name Mandalore. And we would just go into hubs and just chant Mandalore over and over again. <laughs> it's very fun. <laughs> mandalorian's yeah. a good show it's a good show good show have you seen watched Andor? Andor? no i, need I to. i'm going to like, i
2: watched the first the couple episodes and i was uh i was more than impressed and i stopped watching it because i hate episodic week after week shit i yeah. want to binge I, yeah, i'm yeah. waiting I'm, till it's over weird. is it not over yeah. yet it's no it's like okay. the end of this month or something okay
0: yeah i've got yeah. a like i've got Another week and a half of things every night, and then I've blocked out my calendar to do nothing. And I think
2: yeah. it's just going to yeah.
0: Andor. And, uh, the
2: uh, first three episodes were not disappointing. I heard you know, surprisingly shaking
0: your head, but they took from Stalin's life in Andor, like when and... he was
2: robbing banks, <laughs> oh. like throwing dynamite <laughs> in the banks. I don't
1: like Star Wars much, but I love Joseph Stalin. We yeah. all love right? Stalin,
0: don't we? Cheeky Stalin! <laughs> what what uh, what's
2: what's
1: the Italian? I know you're
2: prime Italian minister, Shaker. president's... um <laughs> oh, what's the new Italian president's the, the name? Fascist? Yeah, the the Mussolini fascist. Yeah, yeah. we're we're okay. really looking at a pretty pretty uh, scary scary time ahead. Yeah, of it's, us. it's <laughs> we are. Yeah, that's, yeah. Why that's why we watch. That's why. That's are. why we're doing this. That's why that's we hard. watch
0: Star Wars. Yeah. That's why we oh, watch Star yeah. Wars. Yeah.
1: I gotta say Stalin's <laughs> early life when he robbed banks with grenades was good work. He sold out later on. no oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, so did Castro yeah. You know? yeah. yeah yeah before any of them went big they were really cool guys
0: <laughs> before they signed on to major record labels Once you yeah start i doing heard those it.
1: arena tours you become a fuck but yeah
2: yeah hitler was an artist and a
0: writer yeah he had a poet's soul <laughs> What what is is it red alert that has like a the intro cutscene about like where the timelines diverge is like einstein assassinates hitler i think it's red alert like oh that's awesome <laughs> Um, yeah. Oh, hey, we're not talking <laughs> about that. We're talking about. Stephen oh, right. MacNallan. Right. right. Um, you could say that McNallan, the guy that we were talking about before, not 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 any of these other guys that we've been talking about is kind of a symbol of the syncretic nature of fascism. Takes in a whole lot of stuff from a lot of different sources that would otherwise have nothing in common. Um, but, you know, were it not for people like McNallan, it's kind of a wonder what modern paganism would look like. Would there be as many white nationalist pagans? Would there be a strong correlation of Viking symbols with con- with contemporary Nazis? I don't know. It is, though, something that's a fun, and by that I mean depressing, thought exercise. <laughs> uh, before we close out this section, I want to talk to you about something fun. A little bit of a palate cleanser after Nazi tabletop RPGs and Stephen McNallan, who I forgot to mention was instrumental in forming Defend Europe, the group that tried to sabotage refugee resettlement organizations.
2: That's what I'm talking about.
0: Just let that sink in. Think about it. Let it sink. Just, you know, get that mouth feel. It's like, (laughs) it's like Viktor Orban was looking at this and was like, yeah, that's a good idea. I'm going to implement that as policy. And then that got transferred over to America, specifically Florida. Good mouth feel. Now, before we end, I want to talk to you about a bizarre little group of LARPers called Norsk. (laughs) You haven't heard of them it's because Norsk may, in fact, be just a dude in a small shack somewhere in British Columbia putting out podcasts and videos. Norsk, spelled with two Ks, purports to be a place that 1. has access to the truth about Viking beliefs 2. provides spec ops combat training 3. hires out their yums to uh, private contractors around (laughs) the world (laughs) four is really really based in scandinavia but mainly operates in canada because vinland was a thing Mm -hmm. and five is so totally hardcore you probably couldn't even make it through their training but if you did you would surely secure your place in valhalla now norsk's website is slickly designed and tied to a bunch of other slickly designed websites they are all uh created to appeal with to modern readers in that specific way that you can only that uh, that you can just tell that they used a really good wix template on the website yeah on the website you'll find images of cut dudes doing Dude stuff and wielding axes. You'll find promises of glory and brotherhood and totally rad language. Similar to get off this website because we don't like bullshit. You'll (laughs) also find a list of prohibited organizations, which includes Amazon Prime, Antifa, (laughs) Apple TV, CBC, Canadian Broadcasting Corporation, Canada, Green Party, any country. Pepsi Cola, (laughs) Sussex Insurance, Canada, Yukon Wilderness Tourism Association, Canada, and many more. Now, short story short, Norsk is not a brutal legion of trained killers. It's a podcast and video network started by a sad, lonely man who was fined by the Yukon Wilderness Tourism Association for scamming eco-tourists. Now, this guy uh, seems to spend his time creating misogynistic screeds, making websites to grift assholes, and writing fake cease-and-desist letters to people who criticize Norsk Online, so I'm sure we'll be getting one soon. It is, really, the epitome of what it is to be 90% of modern-day fascists. You latch on to aesthetics, yell on the internet, and threaten people with lawsuits when they're mean to you online. Elon Musk. Uh, And further... Well, you know what? I'm going to stop there before we we do our next segue. But, uh, yeah, what are your thoughts on Norsk? Oh,
2: well, can I read a little bit of their, um, yeah. uh, uh,
0: uh,
2: from their website? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, specifically under the We Are Men tab. <laughs>
1: um, oh, before he says this, this is the gayest thing I've ever seen. It, like, no, it really the is. Really is. The literally on this website would make on, Top Gun blush.
2: <laughs> on, the, on the We Are Men, on the We Are Men tab, there is literally a guy Wearing nothing but his underwear, shooting a bow and arrow. Like, I mean, yeah that that is sexy. If, yeah. if I've ever seen anything. Yeah. Um, and literally under it, it's it's masculinity. It's like <laughs> it's a it's a fragrance.
0: Yeah, that's Calvin yeah, Klein.
2: Yeah. So 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 we are men. Says we are defined by innate and natural biological traits and characteristics essential to the very survival of our species, based on hundreds of millions of years of evolution. Our fair skin has allowed us to thrive in the winter darkness of the north <laughs> and our not, exceptional... Not get
0: seasonal affective, uh, affective no, disorder. No,
2: no, <laughs> no not, and not to mention every other hunter gatherer that is, has ever existed
0: in other areas. <laughs> er- whatever. whatever.
2: Uh, our fair skin has allowed us to thrive in the winter darkness of the north and our exceptional fitness, stoicism and resilience <laughs> stoicism. to settle the harshest the environments. Fucking
0: stoics. Yeah.
2: We have built Western civilization with our
0: genes, blood, and sweat. (laughs) I think that was the Greeks, right? Yeah, no, (laughs) the founders of Western
2: civilization. Well, and then Rome, and you know, (laughs) whatever. Yeah. Pretty much everyone who claims supremacy. Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, (laughs) We celebrate our ancestral, primal, tribal, and warrior nature, and we foster our odor through challenged aggression and sexuality outside of modern societal. Uh, And here's the kicker outside of modern societal as well as Abrahamic constructs. And it's like, you kind of, you you can, you can read on from there. I'm not going to, it's a, it's fucking
0: gross. (laughs) Yeah. There's problematic.
2: Yeah. When, when somebody says we embrace equality of opportunity, like, (laughs) but start everything from a genetic (laughs) standpoint, it's like you've already, it's like, well, I don't know that, that kind of uh that backwards talk. It's it it's meant to it's meant to aspire, you know, it's it's meant to uh to 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 grab you know to grapple onto these these ideals that don't exist at all. You know, it's like yeah. I don't I don't know, that kind of shit it's it's uh infuriating.
1: <laughs> I've clicked through to one of his courses called Northman Healing.
0: but you have to follow a link to another website that's also pretty decently made it's it's I the guy made a few different Wix websites he's he's
2: spent some he's spent some uh some uh some money (laughs) yeah
0: uh
1: you have to pay in swedish krona but uh (laughs) which is great branding (laughs) it costs nine and a half grand to take this online course on how to become a viking (laughs)
0: There there was a really the good one. Final,
1: it's broken into four pieces, and the fifth one includes three videos. CPR, famed traditional <laughs> Viking practice. <laughs> CPR with AED, even more traditional Viking. Oh, yeah. And mm-hmm, the final mm-hmm. video is just marked tick removal.
2: Yes.
3: Actually, <laughs> that, EPR, is, that is... Heart attack, ticks.
2: Tick. And you know what? Uh... If you live near the beach, you know jellyfish. That's yeah. an, an important yeah. skill, yeah, to uh, yeah. to to yeah. have.
0: Yeah. For only yeah. nine and a
1: half grand, you could
0: have <laughs> only a white I dude have.
1: tell you how to take yeah. a.
0: Take. Someone on um, on Reddit was I forget what he got access to the website for. He was doing something like a friend of his recommended it, and he was looking through, and he was like, "Oh, I just wonder what this is about." And it was just nothing but podcasts put out by the guy, and just stuff that's probably going to be on the Daily Wire any day now. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there's a write my message box. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, there was a piece written up by a, a, a right a, a researcher of the right wing about this guy, and they tracked him down and this is where you you found out that he was uh sued or got a cease and desist fine whatever from the yukon wilderness tourist association because basically he promised to do these big eco tours for rich people and uh just kind of like left them in like ports and just never showed up but took their money so (laughs) it was like that and he just started getting into like weird altercations with everyone in his life and now apparently just does this so norsk it's it's a fun it's a, thing
2: so towards the end of their being a man <laughs> uh part <laughs> yeah. what makes a man the core traits and scar- and characteristics which uh ironically but not ironically they reference the spartans
1: um but you think. know yeah
2: yeah, yeah, famous Vikings, the yep. Spartans.
0: <laughs> lots, um, of, lots of stuff in common with Vikings. Yeah, yeah Both yes. very, uh, you know, seafaring cultures. Oh, they they <laughs> all believed in Odin.
2: Yeah, um, <laughs> all yeah, believed in Odin. Yeah. What
0: is Odin if not Zeus? What
2: is Zeus if not Odin? Going back to Jung, you're not incorrect. Um,
0: <laughs> Jungian archetypes.
2: <laughs> no, and they list off a, a bunch of bullshit. And then at the very end, they say, all in all. Pretty abstract concepts. Fantastic. Thanks, norsk Thanks, Norse. <laughs> yep. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Ooh. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Good stuff. Good stuff. And you know, it, there's that. It's it it. It's definitely a thing with these sorts. Is like the lifestyle branding that gets thrown into Nazi shit. Uh, And I thought I was, like, free of this with my weird little, you know, nerd culture hobbies, like, building my computers, until I recently upgraded my motherboard. And MSI sent the motherboard with a bunch of, like, stickers to put on, like, uh, hard drive casings that were, like, tactical stickers. They're, like, camouflage (laughs) for the bits in the computer with, like, little... Uh, little crosshairs and shit i was like why are they why are they branding a motherboard <laughs> with tactical gear you want to
2: you want to have the toughest you most have. masculine uh yeah i mean you want to call it a father leather really. i don't call it yeah a, right a motherboard, yeah exactly.
0: fatherboard you
2: know? <laughs> if it doesn't smell like <laughs> leather tobacco and whiskey yeah. uh you, you don't I mean, want to own it
0: listeners you can't tell because you're not watching me but i i'm sitting in a very plush armchair with a cigar that i hate smoking those, uh, and a, and, moose yeah, and moose antlers behind yeah, moose antlers and then yeah. whiskey that i also can't stand but i'm drinking it anyway
1: and you are immaculately clean just like yeah. all of those guys always are
2: absolutely your wait can you can you zoom in can you yeah. zoom yeah. in on zoom your in. Uh, your your arrow Sure, the sure. arrow that you're about to shoot.
0: Yeah, yeah. and you know, wow. Uh, wow. that's what I've been doing this entire time is just. Wait a minute. Wait a
2: minute. The What's the specificities of those arrows, though? What's the wind condition? Yeah. Are yeah. we getting into? Oh, I mean, <laughs> the, the win- we into So here's the thing:
0: is I I have rolled seventeen d twenty <laughs> in order to determine uh you know my my ex my uh you know because i i'm gonna be honest you know i'm not pristine scandinavian so like maybe my uh my stats aren't as high as they could be but they're still pretty high so you know i I rolled a bunch (laughs) and got like some athletic boosts to that okay so you know it's pretty good that's all i'm gonna say cool yeah cool (laughs)
1: <laughs> if you ever need it, you can buy fifty milliliters of beard oil that Vikings allegedly used for twenty five dollars on his <laughs> website.
0: I'm sure the the Vikings were very concerned about having the right kind of well. Beard oil. I uh,
2: that's not necessarily incorrect. I mean, again, as as barbarianish and as uh, slovenly and and you know musky and whatever as they uh, sometimes appear. <laughs> They were we I, as I mentioned in the last yeah. episode. They were buried with fancy combs. They had yeah. a hair treatment. They had a uh, you know why, why it's, are you it's, a,
0: it's, why are you ruining the bit? I'm I'm
3: <laughs> I it, just I just <laughs>
0: isn't this me? about the misconceptions? It is. It is. It's just beard oil, man. <laughs> Slightly down like, from there. Hey because- man.
2: Hey hey. If I was on a bunch of magic mushrooms, you know, in the middle of a, a 24-hour day of night. You know, it's like and I found this greasy, you know, whatever moss that made my beard a little bit shinier and a little bit softer. Man. I could see it. I, I could saw see it the happening. Northman.
0: Yeah. I saw Willem Dafoe in that movie. They didn't care. Then They didn't
2: care. That's true. <laughs> That's Literally.
0: true. In the in that famous
2: documentary.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I need to watch that,
2: that again. It's, it's okay. pretty
1: good. He also says that you can use this 100% natural traditional Viking beard oil T.M.C.R. On your knives, swords, axes, or spears to prevent rust.
2: Yeah. Last thing I want is a rusty beard.
1: (laughs) Fucking awesome.
0: Vic's vapor rub. (laughs) It's like like those dudes who use all-in-one shampoo,
1: conditioner, toothpaste, the like axe product thing. (laughs) You can like put in your carburetor. And all al- off your hair with
2: it's just olive oil mixed with Robitussin.
3: <laughs> <It's> like- <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> My favorite cocktail. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, God. You gotta <laughs> look. It. It's, a, it's a little palate cleanse from all of the extreme race hate of Varg yep. <laughs> earlier. And, you know, going back to that for a sec, he's still around on YouTubes. That seems to be his main thing these days. Uh, I think Burzum is largely not a project anymore. I don't know if he's really doing music these days so much as ranting about COVID being a, a going being a hoax or some shit. Ah, uh, the pivot. Yeah.
2: Yeah, from what I from what I remember reading, yeah. he's not too active. I mean, he's active, but not in any kind of musical sense, I should say. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Still sucks that his stuff yeah. is in uh the color out of space. Otherwise, a Flawless movie with Nick Cage. I'm <laughs> um, Nick Cage flicks flawless. Most of them. Mandy most of them, most goddamn of them. great. Still haven't seen it. You need to. You'd love it. All right. Yeah. So yeah. this is a good time for us to start kind of wrapping it up and discussing how we can stem the tide of these assholes in paganism. <laughs> uh, from all of this. We know that for their time, the Vikings were pretty solidly accepting, you know, when they were not raiding, killing, or raping. They settled roots in a good chunk of Europe, bits of North America, and bits of the Near East. Uh, What we don't know, again, is what they really believed. Further, we know that modern paganism is at best taking a stab in the dark at determining what to practice. And that's okay. Most religions do that anyway. I point (laughs) you, as an example, to the Talmud which is a massive collection of texts of rabbis arguing and taking stabs at the dark at determining what to practice and calling each other idiots because one dude called another dude's chicken bad 300 years ago, And that started off big sets of Hasidic Judaism. But what's important, though, is that paganism is at risk now and forever of being infiltrated by Volkish principles. Though some of the people I talked to for this episode are pretty confident that those pagans don't recruit from within the community and instead focus their efforts now on like kind of deus vault Christians who are uh, distraught at the – what you were saying earlier of like kind of the Nietzschean approach to Christianity and trying to prop up paganism as a more masculine thing. Uh, The AFA and MacNallan's influence on paganism and heathenry cannot be discounted. And all of that is not to mention what we've talked about in previous episodes. And though we haven't released it yet, uh, we 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 didn't even get into the pagans versus Christians MMA match. <laughs> Listeners, you got a real treat on your hands for that one. That's stupid shit, and you're gonna hear about that one. We also didn't talk about Augustus Sol Invictus. We haven't talked to about the Martin. guy. Who ran for office and made his goat sacrifices to Satan a major talking point? There's a lot of stuff we couldn't talk about just because you know we don't have all night. And I'm already getting complaints from people who listen to this that we talk too much. So to close, that that was
2: me. That was me.
0: (laughs) And and I made the complaint.
2: Oh, and and other people. Okay. Yes.
0: (laughs) And to those people who are complaining, (laughs) fuck you, fuck you, fuck you.
2: All right, real quick, I know this is an yeah. audio format, but I literally do have an entire book. It's a no. it's a weighty dude on Christians and pagans. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's just just, you know, if you okay. want me back, I'm available, I think.
0: All right. You know, I, I'm sure we'll we'll be hitting a point where we're like, oh, well, I guess we got to revisit this. So uh, anyway, to close us out, I want to revisit the article of McNallan from Gods and Wrath. Quote. What will do the job is quarantining his followers, support network, and those advancing his ideology. Declaration 127 is a powerful example of how collective action can contain such groups and lay the foundation for effective confrontation of their politics, ideology, and works. Even with this potent president, more needs to be done. The Asatru Folk Assembly is sadly not the lone example of folkish heathenry or fascist ideology active in paganism. Anti-fascist pagans are uniquely positioned to counter-ideologues like Stephen McNallan, Augustus Sol Invictus, and others who spring up in the coming days. We live in times that are a greenhouse for fascism, yet they are not the only ones who benefit. The scales have fallen from the eyes of many as the greed, exploitation, and disregard for human life at the root of of neoliberal capitalism is made plain for all to see. Just as these conditions have given rise... To fascism, they are also providing potent fuel for a left that has been deprived of oxygen and space for far too long. In society and spirituality, an understanding of ethics, practice, and ver- values centered on human needs over human greed has become more, pl- more possible than it ever has at any point since 1917. Even with the opportunity at hand, victory is not assured. Organizing, mass education, and mutual aid projects plant the seeds of a new society providing a vision that can really unseat fascist resurgence. The danger of fascist groups, ideologies, and organizations cannot be underestimated either. At one time, this movement was used as a dagger to plunge into the heart of the left and humane alternatives to the status quo. Its steel was wielded to keep the people in line during the Cold War. Now, facing either exploitation or barbarity, there is an opportunity to change the dynamic. In and out of our spiritual communities, we can transform how people view human relations, society, and community. That can only happen through confronting fascism's threat and a movement that goes beyond its insurrection and heads to the roots of the system that birthed it. Well said, um, Yeah, and I think it, it's also – I was reading um, this morning a uh, collection of essays by a guy named Shane Burley and – the introduction kind of goes into a discussion about the Messianic Age as presented mm. in Judaism. And uh, he's got a line in there that's basically like the Messianic Age will age will not arrive with a bang, but when you look around and see the kind of world that you wanted to build and have only brought forth by actually building it. And the implication, you know, what he's saying is much kind of what what – these guys are saying is like only through organizing each, each other in your your communities and building up structures that run counter to landlords or food exploitation or climate exploitation. Can or you racism. build a better one or racism? <laughs> can yeah. you build a better world? And a lot of that, I think, um,
2: you know, comes with empathy. You know, it's like, you know, I think many people, have grown up and lived in the in the community that they were born in. You know, it's like a lot of people haven't traveled. I think, uh, you know, it's like uh, what's his face, Rick Rick Stevens, Rick Steves, the uh, yeah. the map guy. Yeah, wrote an entire book on 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 the benefits of travel to broaden your idea of what humanity means and what it is i haven't read it myself but i've read the excerpts <laughs> yeah
0: but i mean that's generally you know, yeah, the, the, the takeaway yeah aside, like you, aside from mark twain he was like americans are idiots and we will yeah, always be American. yeah
2: yeah yeah you, if you're not mark twain you probably need to travel more <laughs> and and recognize <laughs> that a lot of what we encourage a lot of what you know again even the, the pagans you know it's like in in america a lot of what is is lacking is in an empathy and an idea of of the cultures that exist beyond your myopic point yeah. of view and and without that you you have no concept of inclusion you have no concept of 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 uh, of community you know community is not like Hey, I just grew up with these other white guys yeah. around me, so therefore, yeah, white is the best. It's like that's not community, you know? That's yeah. <laughs> that's sh- that's shit. Yeah, and, community uh, and,
1: is and, a strip mall at a McDonald's, and I won't <laughs> <say it around laughs> <it>. God
0: <laughs> damn it! <laughs> community is what you see all across Houston. It's nothing but concrete and cement, yeah. <laughs> with identical strip malls
2: all around. That's the city. that's you're you're not wrong.
0: <laughs> <laughs> No, yeah, that's I, I think um, you know, there's I don't remember if it was when I was researching this episode or other ones, but one of the things that I've I've read in working in this podcast space is uh, someone reflecting on trying to combat the challenges of fascism. And one of the things that they found especially challenging is like in their area, there you know, there's farmer market farmers markets. And A local white pride group grabbed a a, a thing at the farmer's market and they used it to get people like kind of recruit people, but not like explicit about the white nationalism aspects (laughs) and just being like, yeah, we're all folks here. And it's like, this is what I'm, what you're getting at is like, you have to be broad about working with community and you have to bring people in. You can't just sit there and expect things to happen. and.
2: And unfortunately, like white supremacists are way more active in that aspect. Yeah. You know, they're way more willing to recruit through Norsk and <laughs> and you know these these ideas, you know, of of uh you know I mean white supremacy ultimately, but like yeah. you know, this this you know idealistic, you know, yeah. uh thing that doesn't exist. I mean as, as as we've talked about, you know, the 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 Vikings were not a monolithic thing you know they weren't some monolithic race that that you know tried to preserve their own heritage it was like no they they assimilated to to spain to you know europe and england uh to russia you know they they did not believe in some sort of some some sort of uh, you know genetic supremacy and the yeah. and the fact that people want to claim the vikings as some sort of genetic supremacy is is bullshit. It's, you know, it's I, absolutely...
0: I there's also another interactive documentary that's come out recently uh, called "God of War." Where right, a Greek right, man right. Is, is is you now know fuck the very... Greeks. All right, I'm going to say it right now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> there's two things I can't stand. Those are intolerant <laughs> of other cultures and Dutch.
2: <laughs> and the goddamn Greeks. I I hate olives. That's my that's my biggest gripe. That's that's it. I hate olives. I love olives. Can't stand them. Like the, yeah. one of Can't one stand. of the
0: most one of the happiest days of my life. I was in um Malaga for work, and I took a day and went to Cordova, and uh, kind of wandered around. And before it got super hot, I went to a, like a kind of like a little cafe in like a courtyard, and there was a dude just playing guitar, like you know Spanish acoustic guitar and just infinite olives they just kept bringing out (laughs) cheap beer and olives and waiting out the heat it was good stuff
1: all right we're cutting it at four hours of viking episode with an olive anecdote
0: (laughs) about
2: the best place you could end it you don't think we we should anecdote more listener
1: fuck you (laughs)